0: the Healthy Family Show, and I am your host, Jenny Hatch. I noticed that Clandestine posted this epic thread yesterday. It's been about 18 hours since it went live. And I was going to do a show on it yesterday here on Colin, but I had already committed to doing my math podcast. And then this morning, I have another story that I cover, which is a human trafficking case out of Utah. I was doing work for that this morning, so now it's mid-afternoon on Monday afternoon, and I'm finally getting to this clandestine story. So, better late than never, right? And I'm very excited about it because I have written quite a bit and done podcasts on clandestine's other reports on this topic. He just came out of the closet and told everybody who he really is as he has gone by this clandestine name for um, the last couple of years on his clandestine's newsletter, sub stack in the about section, it says, my name is Jacob Creech. I am the individual behind the online alias known as clandestine. I am most known for my viral reporting on the U S biological network in Ukraine. My mission is to disseminate the horrific realities pertaining to U.S. biological malfeasance, negligence, malpractice, and bioweapons production, in an attempt to hold those responsible accountable for their crimes against humanity. In the absence of an honest media, I have given up my career and stepped into the fray to combat the widespread disinformation pushed by the legacy media. If you wish to support me in my mission— Please consider becoming a paid subscriber today. However, just know that all of my articles are free to everyone and always will be. Any paid subscription is merely a donation for my work. So thank you for your support. So Jacob is now out of the closet with a real name and his work is excellent. I have sourced it many times on my own Substack and here at Colin, And I'm going to read the thread that he published that has currently Tearing around the internet, General Michael Flynn has already come out and endorsed it, which is huge because he was in fact canceled from his job in President Trump's administration because of his knowledge of and about Ukraine. The other story that I just mentioned that I've been covering out of Utah does have deep connections to Ukraine. And I would encourage you to head over to my Substack and read what I have written about the people tied to the Ukraine story. Um, it's all just one big happy family with these people. I also just thrilled at Matt Taibbi's takedown of Clinton Watts, because Clinton and I have a history. And it was just beautiful to see Matt expose him as a source for so many lies and his Hamilton 68 media group, He has been announced as the new king of media fraud. And he wrote this fabulous piece at his substack titled Racket. Move over, Jason Blair, meet Hamilton 68, the new king of media fraud. And this is, in fact, Clint Watts. Read the whole thing. And then if you click over to my substack, you'll see a post I put together this morning where I talked about how Clint Watts has an autistic daughter and he used her disability to guilt trip people into getting the COVID shot back in the day. He was virtue virtue signaling all over the place back in April of 2021, talking about how he was getting the shot for people like his daughter who want to go back to school, but they can't because we need herd immunity, et cetera, et cetera. And I went into a Substack and just made a couple of comments. And it was like, I set the place on fire. The blowback on me was just disgusting. It was one of the worst responses I've ever had as an anti-vaxxer anywhere on the web. And believe me, I've had some doozies. And so I shared screen grabs of all the places where Clint deleted my comment and the responses to me. And um, he left the responses up, but he got rid of my comments and banned me from his site for a 100 years. Clint's all about the uh, censorship. And then I also shared the comments that I made, a few of them. I didn't get all of them because he deleted them before I could grab them all. But I got most of them and published them on my own blog, anticipating that he was going to do that. And um, so I, I shared those on there and also linked to Matt's second piece about Clint because Clint came out on his site and told everybody why Matt was wrong about him. And then Matt wrote a beautiful rejoined her two days ago, again, responding to his nonsensical claims. And so I just really enjoyed that because, you know, I had this history with Clint, him censoring me from his own site, uh, his followers using some of the most derogatory language possible to uh, come back at me. And if anybody wants to see the censorship that was happening around the COVID vaccine drop, the very first shot when people were lining up to get it for the first time just go read those things that were said to me i wasn't being profane or rude or anything i was just saying hey i'm going to claim bodily autonomy for myself and not bow down to all this pressure because i have a anaphylactic situation in my body already and people who get the shots who don't have my health history are going into what's termed a cytokine storm some of sometimes it kills people so if i've been trying to prevent that in my body for the last 50 years why would i in fact subject myself to a shot that's known to cause that in people and thus you know perhaps die because i'm trying to help other other people it doesn't make any sense so i said no to the shot i still say no to the shot i'm a proud vaccine amp- abolitionist i believe the whole infrastructure needs to be taken down and never allowed to rise again. And it's been really difficult to be an anti-vaxxer these last few years, the last three years, especially, but really over the last 10 years or like since 2007 really is when it got crazy. So 15 years, 16 years, we've been dealing with this hate and rejection and censorship. And it's just beautiful to see finally the truth really coming out. And this story that Clandestine's reporting on, his Substack is completely tied to the COVID shots. So I'm just going to read it and then share the audio of the video files he attached to it. And um, you're welcome to listen. And if you want, you can click over to his Twitter and just read along with me. I put the link in the links bar and I put it in the subheading. So this is, again, 18 hours ago. Now that I have everyone's attention, and he he was just allowed back on Twitter after being uh, kicked off. I've also been kicked off and have not yet been reinstated on Twitter. I'm very much looking forward to that at some point. But anyway, now that I have everyone's attention, allow me to address why U.S. establishment politicians are sending tanks, jets, weapons, equipment, and $100 billion to Ukraine. It has nothing to do with Ukrainian citizens and everything to do with deep state assets and secrets in Ukraine. And he shares a picture of President Obama standing next to ordinance, huge, uh, looks like bombs or something. Second tweet, let's go back to when and where it all began. Flashback to 2005, then Senator Obama and Senator Lugar visited former Soviet biological and chemical facilities in Ukraine and established the U.S. deep state roots in Ukraine to counter bioweapons. And he shares a link to a story at the Washington Washington Post titled, U.S. to aid Ukraine in countering bioweapons. Third tweet. When speaking of the labs in 2005, here is how they were described by the Washington Post. The labs were part of a Cold War network of anti-plague stations that supplied highly lethal pathogens to Soviet bioweapons factories. So when Russia does anti-plague research, it's bioweapons. Fourth tweet. But when the U.S. does defensive gain-of-function-slash-directed-evolution research, it's not bioweapons. That was sarcasm for those of you who are emotionally unwell. In 2005, the Washington Post admits that anti-plague research results in the production of highly lethal pathogens, also known as bioweapons. It seems their tune changed in 2022. And he links to an article from the Waypost saying how the right embraced Russian disinformation about U.S. bioweapons labs in Ukraine. Tweet number five. The U.S., led by Obama, passed the NUN, or NUNN Lugar Cooperative Threat Reduction Act of 2005. The U.S. took over former Soviet labs and facilities supposedly to destroy stockpiles of nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons in Ukraine. Uh, tweet number six, Obama opened the floodgates for the deep state, created biological weapons programs with the Ukrainian government, and established connections for U.S. oligarchs to build biolab companies in the lawless land of Ukraine. Companies like Biden's Metabiota. So here's a link in this tweet to a Metabiota thread, which I'm not going to read. You can click over there. And read it yourself, but it says it produces bio agents under diplomatic cover at secret labs, then sells pandemic insurance and trackers to help countries get ahead of what they are putting out. Company part of Pentagon's DRTA program, as well as funded by Rosemont Seneca, which is tied to Hunter Biden. We've got another circle here. Remember FTX SAM? with his circle from Ukraine to his stock and his company, and then his funding of DNC politicians for the 2022 election. Another circle right here in Clandestine's Twitter thread. Tweet number seven. Then the situation turned sour. Under U.S. supervision, Ukraine fell into civil war in February 2014, Obama. In the disarray of war, State Department, Hillary Clinton, and the CIA took full control of Ukraine's government. Newland facilitated a regime change. Now, sometimes this is called a coup. It truly is called a coup. And here's the American government right in the middle of it. He shared a picture of Victoria Newland and she's standing there with a bunch of Ukrainians and it's a Reuters story saying leaked audio reveals embarrassing us exchange and uh, tying into this Utah story that I've been reporting on the prosecutor David Levitt in 2014 moved his family to Ukraine lived in Kiev was be- best friends with the new president and his wife and lived there for several years helping the Ukrainian country transferred to a legal system that was more like the American legal system. He was there working for years with young law students and judges trying to help them set up jury trials and helping in the overall goal of transitioning from a Soviet satellite to a more democratic country. Interestingly enough, when Russia invaded Ukraine, this same man, David Levitt, booked it over to Kiev because he said he had a few loose ends to tie up. And then even after that, he went back with piles of cash, ostensibly to help people who were suffering from the war, and passed around all this cash. So nothing to see here, right? It all fits together. Tweet number eight. Newland, who spilled the beans on the fear of Russian forces getting their hands, on the biological research in Ukraine engineered the color revolution in Ukraine. They started a civil war, then picked their puppet to run the government, creating a deep state proxy. So here is Marco Rubio asking questions, awkward, uncomfortable questions of Victoria Newland.
1: Have Color biological weapons.
0: Uh, Uh, Russian forces should they approach
1: what I think got some people fired up is when she said we're worried that the Russians will get a hold of these facilities because that implies that there's something in those dangerous
0: so tweet number nine is Joe Biden his infamous statement at the uh I can't remember what it was
1: to convincing us that, that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over.
0: Oh, yeah. C- Council on Foreign Trust Relations. 13. He, this is tweet number nine. Now with complete control of the Ukrainian government, then the Bidens began their dirty work. Biden visited Ukraine 13 times, securing U.S. funding for Ukrainian oligarchs and used his power to fire a state prosecutor's kickback Laundering scheme. And this was Alexander Shokin to
1: convincing us that we should to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had – they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, I said, I'm not going to – we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said. I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion, I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. To con-
0: now that prosecutor was, in fact, investigating Burisma and Hunter Biden's role on the board of that gas company. So tweet number 10, so the reason why all of our tax dollars are in Ukraine is because Ukraine is a deep state proxy controlled by the ruling families of the DNC and George Soros. They are trying to protect their assets and secrets in Ukraine, most consequential of which is their biological activity. And then there's a big chart that shows how everything flows together. Tweet number 11. The reason the United States mainstream media went all out pro-Ukraine is because the media is owned by the pharma pharma companies via advertisement money. The pharma companies who rely on the biolabs in Ukraine to create pathogens so their vaccine schemes can profit. Starting to make sense? Tweet number 12. The reason the FBI and DHS government, Department of Homeland Security, went for full Orwell and weaponized big tech to center all reporting on the biolabs in Ukraine is because intel community is compromised by the deep state. The deep state who can't let people find out about their pathogen production scheme. Tweet number 13. The reason the House Democrats went insane and impeached Trump over making a single phone call to, to Zelensky in Ukraine is because they couldn't allow Trump to snoop around and investigate their deep state proxy. Trump was on to whatever they were hiding, also known as bioweapons. Tweet number 14. The reason Zelensky ordered the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense to destroy all state documents affiliated with U.S. biolab companies Metabiota and Battelle the day that missiles started flying is because he knew Putin was looking for the bioweapons and there's a statement here in Russia and then Russian and then translated into English talking about how Putin was in fact looking for the bioweapons. Tweet number 16 the reason the World Health Organization advised Ukraine to destroy all their pathogens at the labs that the mainstream media said didn't exist is because the World Health Organization knew Putin was looking for the bioweapons. The same who that created a global medical Police state due to COVID 19. And here's a link from Reuters talking about how who says it advised Ukraine to destroy. Tweet number 15 Big Pharma, MSM, Big Tech, the intelligence community, Zelensky, who, NIH, and deep state politicians are all working together to accomplish the same goal to cover up the criminal biological weapons production in Ukraine. All the entities who happen to benefit from COVID-19. Tweet number 16. This is why these entities are hyper-defensive about all things related to COVID-19, biological research, and Ukraine. It's not because they are being philanthropic. It's because we are close to the proof of their crimes against humanity, for which the punishment is harsh. Tweet number 17. That's the final tweet. Tanks, Jets, weapons, equipment, $100 billion in taxpayer funds, the lives of the Ukrainian people, all worthy sacrifices in the eyes of the deep state, whatever it takes to cover up their bioweapons production. World War Three already started. COVID-19 was the first weapon fired. End of Twitter thread. I thought it was really interesting that the all-in pod this week, um, that's David Sachs, and Co uh, came out publicly and said they will no longer be getting their uh, booster shots of the COVID vaccine. And this was really something for these guys to say out loud because their um, podcast is incredibly popular and um, for them to say they were questioning things, they're huge influencers. And I was so proud of them for saying it out loud. Because I'm sure that that contributed greatly to the overall tone of this weekend's. Um, It just feels like so many people are standing up. There was an MIT professor who came out today, at least as far as I could tell it was today, questioning everything. And I just think, you know, the tide is turning. (laughs) Boy, I'm someone who's excited for it to turn. Because it's just been so horrifying watching all this unroll. And, um, when my friend Sherry Kane died a few days after January 6th, um, the final conversation we, we had, she had lost the will to live. And she, she said, I'm not sticking around to watch what I know is coming. And it was because she is someone who had daily watched it all for years, and knew exactly what the goals were, and what was about to happen to humanity, especially the babies and the pregnant moms and the children. And she said, I'm just, I'm just not going to stick around and watch this happen. And I really believe that losing the will to live was a huge part of, you know, why she died. She died of a brain, brain aneurysm. But really, at the end of the day, she died because of lawfare. She couldn't take the tactics that were being used against her and Dr. Leonard Horowitz anymore. And so um, I just, you know, I miss her. And I wish she was here to see that just two short years later, the tide is turning and we are going to have some justice. And so I'm excited about that. So I'm going to finish with a um, quote here from David Sachs about how um, Pfizer CEO was running away from the guys from Rebel News, and he said these conspiracy theories are now starting to look like reality. And, um, you know, having been called a conspiracy theorist for the better part of 20 years online and in my personal life, I am most anxious to get my credibility back somewhat and be considered someone who, instead of being uh, someone who makes things up and is a conspiracy theorist, no, I am a truth seeker I'm the one who asks the hard questions. I'm the one who, by my, my lived experience, knows the side effects of vaccines. And so I feel passionate that individuals and parents especially have the autonomy to call the shots on what happens to their themselves and their children. So I'm going to finish with this Borla, CEO of Pfizer, being grilled by Rebel News because it was glorious.
3: I'm glad you brought up Pfizer because this brings us to oh boy. two, oh, boy. <laughs> which is, and I think we can show this clip. Red meat for David. Red yeah, so Albert Burla, who's the CEO of Pfizer, went to Davos last week, and he probably expected to Davos, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the conference of the surplus elites, and he expected probably nothing but softballs and fawning treatment from the establishment media, and instead, he probably had the most uncomfortable walk of his life when two reporters from Rebel News approached him Double outside news. the perimeter and started asking him, some tough questions. Let's roll tape. Let's grab the news. Can I ask you, when did you know
2: that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. That question. I mean, we, question. we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? Good question. You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans- stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day <laughs>
3: until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret <laughs> that your vaccine did not stop transmission? I mean, we, should, we, should, we should cut this. Okay, we can stop from there. But that... Wow, welcome to InfoWars. All in InfoWars. That's what real up. journalism you're, looks you're, like. First of all, That's you That's know what real journalism to... looks like. Yeah, you... You Not a bunch of New York Times reporters covering for powerful people, but asking them tough questions. There was a study in Nature, which is, you know, one of the most preeminent scientific journals, about the risk of myocarditis and pericarditis, which is basically inflammation of the heart tissue, which can basically lead to heart attacks, saying that the risk among young people, especially young men, in 18 to 24 years was elevated if they got the vaccine. This was a study out of France. So it's pretty clear that the, that the there are, vaccine there are, yeah, wasn't so as efficacious say, as we thought, but is it less safe than we thought as well? I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this. I'm, I would like to know. It's an important question, and there's a
4: lot of work being done to uncover it. And here's a link to a paper that was published in the journal Circulation, is the name of the journal, not too long ago, by a team led by a researcher at Mass General. And um, what this, uh, and so just to address the myocarditis question, and, and just so everyone that's listening knows, I take a very objective view on all this stuff. I don't have a strong bias one way or the other. So the Mass General team identified sixteen people that had myocarditis that, that were vaccinated, and forty-five people that didn't were part of their control group, and they tried to understand what the difference was between these two groups. There have historically been three kind of theories about why there is incidence of myocarditis. In certain populations that get the uh, the COVID vaccine. And by the way, the incidence rate is still typically less than uh, two out of every 100,000 people that get the vaccine. But as you saw in the paper you just shared and others have validated it, it can be as high as 30 times more likely to happen in young people that take the uh, the Moderna vaccine, which is still a low incidence, but but 30 times higher is, is significant and worth, worth understanding. So the three kind of reasons or the three Wait, ideas... 30 about,
3: times higher? That sounds you know, like a lot.
4: Yeah, so the, the reason, and also small base, but yes. And so the three ideas or, or the three theories around why this is happening, number one is what's called protein mimicry, where certain people, the protein on their their heart tissue, for example, or certain proteins found in the cells in their heart tissue, maybe look like the, um, some element of the spike protein that's created by the vaccine. Therefore, when you make antibodies to bind to and clear your body of spike protein, it's also binding to your own cells and causing – an autoimmune response, and those are called kind of autoantibodies. The second is just general immune system activation, that maybe genetically some people are predisposed to having a very active immune system in response to the vaccine, and therefore with a very active immune system, they get inflammation and damage. And then the third is this idea that there's just massive proliferation of your B cells, some of which have autoantibodies, and some of which therefore destroy your heart tissue and cause this inflammation. So what this team did is they looked at the blood difference between people that had myocarditis and people that didn't they found no auto antibodies. They found no big changes in the T or B cell populations, meaning that there isn't a big immune system activation difference. The big difference that they found was that the people that had myocarditis actually had a lot of the spike protein floating around in their blood, whereas the people that didn't did not have the spike protein floating around in their blood. So this answers one question, but, but opens up many more doors, which is what's really going on. So if you have spike protein in your blood, and your body's not clearing it. Right. Well,
3: how, how, how long after getting vaccinated were, were the spike proteins still floating around? Because I remember when the mRNA uh, vaccines uh, first three... came out, they said it was, the spike proteins would go away after a couple of days. Three weeks. Three weeks after three weeks. the vaccine. Yep. Have they done a study like, you know, six months after or a year after? Not yet,
4: but that's that's being done right now. So what they're identifying is what's going on with the immune system of these this population where their body's not able to clear the spike protein, and when their body doesn't clear the spike protein, a bunch of cytokines and other inflammatory things start to get released and it causes inflammation on the heart tissue because, you know, there's a, a particular oh, thing, set of reasons. Wait, Jake, let Wait.
3: me ask you, I remember I remember when, you know, the vaccine first came out, I remember Rogan almost got canceled for saying that if he was a young person, a young man, he's like 50, so he got vaccinated, but he said that if I was a young person in my 20s, I would not get vaccinated because yeah. I don't think the risk return makes sense. And he almost got canceled for that. Was Rogan yeah. right about that? So, you know, I have been thinking a lot about
5: this decision to get vaccinated or not, and how we came to that decision. And then I think what Freebrook said earlier is super interesting. The Because the virus mutated, the efficacy of these uh, vaccines obviously uh, changed and wasn't necessary. And so I think it was a moving target to understand if you should take it or not. It was a very personal decision. Clearly, for people who were over 65 years old, the chances of dying were pretty significant. Uh, For people under that, a certain age, it was lower. So uh, everybody had to make a very personal decision here. Uh,
3: Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Was it it a personal decision when you had vaccine mandates? And then on top of that, on top of that, you had the media were dunking on anti-vaxxers, throughout 2021, remember that? I mean, they were saying about anti-vaxxers that, that if you didn't get the vaccine and you got sick, there wouldn't be a, a hospital bed for you. There was, you know, a lot of like dancing on the graves of these people, Yeah, where, you know, there were like all these articles, that, you know, there'd be like some preacher who, you know, said don't get vaccinated and then they would die of COVID. And there's a lot of like morbid sort of ghoulish like articles dancing on their graves. I mean, it was not this objective personal decision. There was tremendous social and legal pressure to get vaccinated. You're right. Was yeah, there not? I mean you're right. There was. And I think part of the reason I myself
5: got vaccinated was because I wanted to be able to travel again. I wanted to be able to go to Madison Square Garden and watch the Knicks. And I also thought, well, I, I don't want to be if I'm overweight like one of the people who dies from this. So, you know, we all sat here, we all got vaccinated. Do we regret our decision to get vaccinated now that we see this, you know, studies like maybe it wasn't necessary? And also it was Apparently oversold. So when the Pfizer CEO won't say when they knew it wasn't going to stop transmission, I think it's a valid question to investigate what Pfizer knew and when, uh, and just keep everybody accountable for this uh, for future things that happen. Because right now we're in a position where if Pfizer's not being honest with us, if the origin story of COVID isn't being honest with us, these conspiracy theories are now starting to
3: start to look like reality. I'm glad you brought up Pfizer because this.
0: Yes, reality. Difficult reality. Uh, I don't know you guys, Research, and William, or will, Bill, welcome. T1000, if you guys have a comment, just let me know. You can go ahead and call in and chat about this Twitter thread that just broke the Internet. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to close down the show. Oh, Bill, welcome.
2: Jenny, Jenny, hey. I... I don't know about this. I just happened to go and call on it. So you had a room. I'm not being notified for some reason. I don't get notified when you have a room anymore. So um, I didn't know. So can you, do you have time to tell me what's going on? Or should I wait till you post it and just listen? Or can
0: you well, give me th- what I did is clandestine is a pretty famous sub-stacker who has garnered a following around his research on the Ukrainian bio-labs. And just this past week, he was given his Twitter back. It was taken away last year. And he put out this thread on Twitter 18 hours ago that is breaking the Internet. I mean, it's really going viral. And he also came out of the closet and shared his real name, which I didn't I didn't know his real name It's Jacob something. And um, I just went ahead and read the Twitter thread, played some of the videos, Joe Biden at the Council on Foreign Relations talking about how. He wanted uh, the Ukrainian government to fire the prosecutor, Shokin. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know these stories. And yeah. so I played that, the Victoria Newland component, and then tied it into this Utah case that I've been uh, doing deep dives on over on my Substack. Mm-hmm. And it's just all coming out, and it's beautiful. It's, it's a happy place. And then I played a clip, an eight-minute clip from the All In pod from this past week. This is David Sachs, who's the founder of Colin and his three friends who do a weekly podcast. It's one of the most popular podcasts in the world, definitely the most popular podcast for business people. And they were asking really, really good questions. They played the video of Borla, the CEO of Pfizer being interviewed Mm -hmm. by Rebel News at the World Economic Forum. And then they talked Mm -hmm. about how they all questioned getting the vaccine for themselves and said they're not gonna be getting any more boosters. And Mm -hmm. just, you know, to have those four guys who are all kind of venture capitalist, uh, not necessarily conservative, but definitely more in the business realm, uh, openly talking this way. I told my husband this morning, I said, that is a seismic shift Mm -hmm. in the conversation to have those four people questioning everything. They even said, you know, it looks like the conspiracy theories are sounding like, Perhaps uh, they were telling the truth and asking the good questions. So I, I appreciated that because I have been a cons- called a conspiracy theorist for over 20 years, mm-hmm. longer than that, really. So so did you you didn't hear anything about it?
2: No, no. I, uh, well, um, I, I've heard uh, Sheila Dean mentioned David Sachs um, doing some type of uh, endorsement of. Um, of Alex Jones's new book on the Great Reset War, War of the Wall for the words, worlds, or war of the worlds. I haven't, I haven't, I'm not exactly sure. So, I'm. That's the only connection I know about David Sachs, Colin, and um, what Sheila Dean mentioned. So, tell me a little. So, they have a podcast, and can you put a link uh, either direct message to me or put it in the live chat? Because I'm not familiar with that either. They.
0: Yeah, it's called The All-In Pod, and I listen to it almost every week. Okay. It's really, really good. It's just Mm -hmm. four guys. They used to have a poker game they played during uh, COVID to kind of survive lockdown. And um, from that, they just started sharing what they were talking about online, and Mm -hmm. it just blew up into this big thing. And they they did a big conference in Florida last year where – People mm-hmm. flew in from all over the country to go to um, this conference. And I think the main thing is that they're just kind of respected within their sphere to, um, you know, Kelly just went in the chat, PhD research. Um, I am not regurgitating old Russian propaganda. What the hell? I am sharing information that is legit and if you don't have anything else to contribute, I would like to ask you to kindly leave. Cal, I can't stand people like you. Would you just go away?
2: You can block him if you want. Yeah, I
0: think I'm going to. My gosh. Vaccines work even against variants. He's quoting David Sachs. Um Good Lord. Okay. Well, yeah, I think David I'm going to S- say goodbye to him.
2: Maybe David Sachs doesn't really understand all the vaccine uh, side effects and how the more and more we're going to hear of uh, what they didn't tell us. And well, you know, he, j- he's traditional.
0: <laughs> he's traditional medicine. This yeah. is a guy who came up through Stanford, and mm-hmm. he's originally from South Africa. And these these guys who are involved in those kind of elite tech circles. They're not uh, scientists. They trust the doctors. Uh, they trust the pharma companies. They they think the smartest uh, people in the room all went to medical school. Uh, and why would we question their credentials? You know. So anyway, I just I'm just so glad that they're finally speaking out. That's what I want, Bill. It's just a debate. Ask uh, the good questions. They were saying things like, "Oh, that's a good question." When Rebel News got right in Borla's face and uh, we're asking them all these great questions, like, "Why can't we ask the question?"
2: Well, that's, that's when you know uh, you're over the target, when you can't ask the question, right? Then you know you're over the target, and uh, that's when you know who's really in control, where you, uh, those are the people, you know, sponsored by Pfizer that are in control, where then you can't allegedly ask the question. Um, let me ask you, so so David Sachs, who are the other three?
0: Thomas, I don't know how to say his last name, probably Tama or something. He used mm-hmm. to work for Facebook. And then there is a guy named uh, Jason Calacanis. He's actually got a show here on Colin. He's done a couple of times. Uh-huh. He is a long-term business podcaster and kind of organized the all-in pod and has worked as its moderator, and he's more lefty than David is, and they're always kind of going at loggerheads over politics because Jason is somewhat woke, and David's more traditional conservative, uh-huh. although I don't think he, any of them would call themselves – Conservatives and they do not like President Trump at all. Um, But um, the fourth guy is, oh, what's his name? I can see his face. It doesn't matter if if you click over to their website. I put the link in the chat. Yeah, I'll check it out. You can see him. He's actually Mm -hmm. a scientist and a really, really smart guy. He's actually my favorite person of the four of them. But I love the banter. I love the debate. I love that they talk about all sorts of topics, not just the business world. They talk about the culture. They talk about science and they're willing to ask good questions. And Mm -hmm. I actually have been praying that someone of their stature would come out and say something like this. There was also an MIT professor who came out this morning and talked about how the the vaccines just need to be pulled from the market. And that was beautiful to see because he has some stature. I'll share the link with that as well in the chat.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, there's an MIT uh, Seneff who did a paper, what's her first name? Dr. Seneff with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. They did a, gosh, over a year and several months ago, they did a, a joint paper together talking about the vaccine and the, uh, you know, the side effects and even, even in prion disease. Uh, what's her name? Dr. Seneff. I'd have to check it out. Um, anyway. Yeah, this
0: guy's name is Dr. Uh let's uh revy from mit i'm just gonna share the video of him talking because it was really good and he just said this needs to be pulled from the market these are not safe especially for kids
2: oh my god oh yeah yeah i mean frightening frightening um so it looks like MIT is not squelching the voices, unlike uh, what they did to Dr. Peter McCullough at the Texas A&M. Bail they gave him a straining order. Remember that one?
0: I when do. He...
1: Yeah. So well, I MIT... just have
0: to ask how many how many more kids have to die or fall out of their mothers' wombs? There are babies having heart attacks in their mothers' wombs. How many more have to die before we say enough? The madness okay. has to stop. Yep. Yeah. You know, the other big story I talked about earlier in the show was Matt Taibbi smacking around uh, Clint Watts, who's been outed as the biggest propaganda of the last propagandist of the last three years. And this was beautiful for me to see because I have a history with Clint Watts. When the vaccine first came out on his Substack, he pleaded with everybody to get the shot for the sake of children like his daughter, who has autism. And said, you know, until everybody gets herd immunity, my daughter can't go back to school. She needs to go back to school. And can't you please get this shot just for the sake of my kid and children like her who need the structure of a school day? So I went into a Substack and just shared a few thoughts. And it was just amazing to see the hate that was shoved on my head. And then Clint comes in a couple days after I started posting, he deleted all my comments claimed I was there just a grifter trying to sell books, which is not oh true. God. I shared a link to one of my books just to prove that I had been a homeschooler and written a book about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was just so beautiful again to watch Matt completely take down this Clint Watts because my gosh, he is just a spook of uh, the biggest spook in the room and um, is the source of so much dis- disinformation in the media. And so Clinton Watts responded to to T.E.B.'s piece and then T.E.B. said your response is laughable and came back and gave him a really good spanking. So that was beautiful to watch. And that was just yesterday. And, you know, again, I'm sitting here just cheering as loud as I can, William, because I have just been waiting for these moments, you know, just patiently waiting because I don't have any sort of a bullhorn. I, you know, I yell as loud as I can, but I'm absolutely censored all over the Internet. And so to have these others just speaking out, speaking the truth, I just feel like we have turned a corner.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I did put a, a link in the live chat on Natural News, which I really like. Uh, you know, they resource and they they then post, uh, you know, off those resources. And they're covering Dr. Seneff's uh, study uh, for anyone who's interested uh, and uh Again, this came out in August uh, 2021. There's been a lot of science out that have been repressed and suppressed, as we know, really sadly, you know.
0: And And, and the studies from international sources are totally legit. You know, we don't need to just say, oh, it has to be American doctors doing Mm -hmm. this research. There is great research happening all over the world.
2: Mm, Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm thinking of one right now, Bhakti, Dr. Bhakti and... Oh, there's several, South Africa, uh, India, Uttar uh, Pradesh, who declared themselves COVID-free but using ivermectin. Remember that uh, That came out over a year and a half ago, best of my recollection. And don't quote me on the exact date. But, um, you know, it's hard to remember all this information. There's so much out there just on this issue. Where's, aren't we in a time when we're absorbing all this, and thank God for... The alternative platforms, like Colin, and then we can then learn about the Ukraine war and and what really brought us in there, and the bio labs, like you said, and then there's, you know, what's happening with the World Economic Forum and the. And my goodness, it is uh, information, uh, a information superhighway, and isn't it something? Uh, on the other hand, it is can be what I what I think. Jenny, is that people like me? I'm disabled, I'm home, and I have the time, you know? Um, and uh, I know you're in that position. And and I think God put us there in a position because we do have the time where we can research and then, and then come into a place like calling. I tried Facebook, you know what happened? Fable Book, I call it now. Fable Book, what happened with Fable Book. Got the boot. You know what I mean? Um, why, how did, why did I get the boot? Oh, yeah, it was in the NIH library, uh, you know, that Fauci should have been reading, um, that these good doctors built their protocols, you know. Oh, no. Can't. So anyway, then there was a tweaker who wouldn't let me post my first tweak. That was another thing. And then there was Telegram. that like, but anyway, so here I am, and thank God I appreciate what you're doing. And, you know, people, it's the power of one. We don't know. People see this earlier. Why is no one else in this room? You know, something It only takes one, and we spread the word one at a time, and we don't know who we're touching. we It's like, I love, don't you love the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, where Clarence and Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed, you know, the movie I'm talking about around the holidays? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We never know. And so we, we're here. We have the time. And sadly, they've driven people into the middle class to the point where they're working multiple jobs. They don't have the time. That's part of it, isn't it?
0: I look at my own husband who works mm-hmm. so hard. When he's done with work, he wants to watch a ball game. Sure. He wants to relax. He doesn't want to get on the Internet all night long mm-hmm. and do the amount of reading that I do. Right. He's willing to listen to me to a limit, you know right. about all of this stuff. He he doesn't want to hear all of it because, frankly, he just he just doesn't. It's not that he doesn't care. It's right. just like he just doesn't want to talk about it all the time. He Wants right. to talk about other things, and so I make a point to talk about our family and talk about our faith and you know mm-hmm. music and the, the things we share in common over talking about these controversies because. You know, he's he's in the loop enough that he didn't get vaccinated himself and um, he's just quietly watching. And so I'm just looking forward to the day when those who have hoisted all of this madness on us are held accountable and wow. arrested and crimes against humanity. This has been a genocide on the scale of yes. something you, you read about in the scriptures. You know, you've got the killing of all the babies just before around Jesus's birth and mm-hmm. the killing of the babies around Moses's birth. And, you know, this, these evil people saying, Oh, there's going to be someone rise up and I, I have to stop it, you know, and, and, and they, they've just had this depopulation agenda front and center for so many decades. And people don't yeah. understand that Bill Gates father was the first head of Planned Parenthood. And there mm-hmm. are many people, and I'm one of them, who believe that Planned Parenthood was designed to depopulate minority populations. Uh-huh. They put the clinics in, in communities that were mostly minority groups. And there has just been this effort to destroy families and to destroy, uh-huh. destroy mothers and their ability to have kids and uh-huh. just, you know, weaponize abortion in America to the point where our young girls are just seduced almost into killing their own children as a sign of virtue. They virtue signal to each other, to their friends. I had my first abortion, rah, rah, rah. And it's like, do you understand what you're doing? God. Do you have any clue? And it's uh, it just, it guts me, Bill. It guts me.
2: I had no idea. You know, I have to say when I was at Fordham my first year, I had a class and I, I'll be honest, I was a virgin. <laughs> I was still a virgin, you know. Anyway, in my first class, I had on speaking. Um, we had to choose a subject, and certain subjects were put out. Anyway, one they needed. All I recall how I ended up taking this on was anti-abortion was my subject, and I was to debate a another woman who was pro-abortion, a young girl. Isn't
0: and I, isn't Fordham a Catholic school?
2: Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, surprised. is. I'm
0: surprised. That they allowed her to do
2: that. That's amazing. Well, it's, you know, kind of liberal in that sense. So this was a debate and I didn't know anything about abortion. And I started, and then I started seeing, I studied it and I studied the pictures, you know, in the different trimesters. And I was like, oh my God. And I thought, oh my God, I have to be so careful from if I ever, if and when, you know, I become active. I, was, I wasn't I was at the time, uh, you know, seeing a girl or anything because I cannot bear to live with, because I, I saw the pictures. Do you follow what I mean? The chemical abortions and then worse when they tear the babies into pieces. You know what I mean? in the later trimesters of, I it was just when so I, disturbing. When, Go ahead.
0: When I was 12, uh, the women at my church showed all of us girls a video called Silent Scream, oh. which was pretty popular back in the 70s. And it really helped because it showed the baby feeling pain and reacting oh, to this, this abortion. And I, I'm grateful for their clarity because it definitely mm. helped. We had a couple of girls in our friend circle get pregnant out of wedlock. One of them decided to get married. She was like 16 years old. And she just married her boyfriend and and they've lived a very happy life together. Another friend gave her baby up for adoption, which was hard, but they chose not to abort. And I was so grateful for uh, the women, the older women in our circle who were so supportive of them during Uh these situations that the girls chose not to do that. But it has become a thing on college campuses and certain places where these young girls, they will get The uh, abortion pills, Ms. Propital, you were talking about off-brand drugs. It's a drug used to treat ulcers, but it can also induce a a labor. And they use use it when moms are full term to help get the baby out. Causes horrifying contractions, but it will abort a baby. And so these girls are buying uh, these pills online and just doing their own abortions at home using these pills. And again, it's the virtue signaling side of it that to me is so problematic because they do just kind of brag about, you know, what they just did and give each other support. And I, I just, that side of it just really guts me. But anyway, I think I'm going to close down the show. I've been talking for quite a while. Um, If any of the other people in the room would like to make a comment, I would be happy to take another call if you'd like. Otherwise, I think I will just wind down. I encourage everybody to go click on the links, which are, you know, again, this thread from clandestine just broke the internet. It's just going so fast, completely viral, and it just ties everything together. And for those who are just kind of scratching their heads going, what the heck is going on? It's a good place to start to understand the the absolute criminality of Joe Biden and the Obama administration around these issues. And then uh, I've heard a rumor that Gateway Pundit is about to do a big drop of evidence around Hunter Biden's laptop. And the, the request was that everybody pray for him. Apparently it's some heavy duty stuff. So um, watch for that, but really take a few minutes and just click around the links I've shared to uh, to, to learn more about this story. It's it's important and it helps explain everything. So thanks again, Bill, for showing up. I really appreciate you participating in the show. I hope you and everyone has a great day.
2: Nice, Sunny. Bye now.
0: Goodbye.